From Relay FM, this is Connected, episode 25. Today's show is brought to you by Igloo, an internet you'll actually like. Lynda.com, where you can instantly stream thousands of courses created by industry experts for a 10-day free trial. Visit lynda.com slash connected and Squarespace. Start here, go anywhere. My name is Mike Hurley, and I had the pleasure today of being joined by Mr. Stephen Hackett. Hello, Stephen. Hey, guys. Welcome back. And Mr. Federico Vatici. Hi, Federico. Hey, boys. Feels like it's been forever since we spoke. It's been like two decades, I think. Two whole decades. It's true. It was weird because we did the special and then I missed the show. And so it's been a while since I've spoken to you guys in our, I mean, we talk all the time, but in our podcast machine, it's been a while. In the world's greatest podcast. You know, Stephen, I secretly recorded an episode of Connected with Mike uh, last week. He didn't want to publish it uh, because it was all about um, window management on OS X. And then window management on iOS, and that took about 25 seconds to get through. Yeah, I can't oh. tell who you're trolling. Everyone. Kind of everyone. Yeah. Anyone. Anyone that owns a computer. Is this is the, the popular multi-troll. It's like with a single sentence, you control multiple people at once. Um, I've been working on this method for a few years now. <laughs> I'm uh, happy to say. Hmm. No, I, I won't finish that sentence, Mike. I'm sorry. <laughs> we have an action-packed show today, gentlemen. We, we should are. do okay. some follow-up. So our first follow-up is about photo management, which we have not really covered before, but I thought it could be interesting to get into. Um, so Picture Life, which... Um, uh, Federico, is, is Picture Life one that you tried? Yeah. Did one, one of you guys tried it, right? Yeah. I used it for like for like a year, I think, actually. I, I, I still have all my old photos in there. So, I believe yeah. Casey Liss was their last user. Did he just sign up and then they got really? acquired? No, he just loves it. He, he uses it all the time. He's, he's always sending me pictures of London and they've got URLs. <laughs> From Picture Life. Yeah, they've got URLs of Picture Life. Yeah. So Casey only sends you pictures of London from Picture Life. Yeah, that's, that's, pr- that's what much. he does yep. to you on, on iMessage. A okay. lot of the time. Uh-huh. So it's cool. being acquired yeah. by a company whose name I am searching for as I... Stream Nation. Dragon. Thank you, Stream Nation, which is a yes. pretty great cloud company name. Um, and they say that basically Picture Life for the short term will stay the same. But they laid off a bunch of people. Is that right? Yeah. Um, Who are so Stream Nation? Fun- what do they do? I've never heard of them. They own Picture Life now. It's uh, basically a, like a digital hub <laughs> in the cloud for movies, music files, and now pictures. So it's like any kind of media file into this sort of account that you keep and you stream stuff to all your devices. It's yeah. kind of like Plex, but like less popular, I think. Actually, you know, it would have been great if Plex acquired Picture Life. Uh, because Stream Nation doesn't seem to have much of a name, at least in, in our, you know, this co- like I never heard of this Stream Nation before, personally. And I tend to try a lot of apps, so it's kind of weird. Yeah, uh, that is yeah. weird that you wouldn't have heard of that. Yeah. Like, and I genuinely mean that. It's like, I'd never heard of them. I, I yeah. didn't know that they made services. It sounds like one of those, like, Akamai, you know, like those, like, just streaming service providers. But Stream Nation's a really weird name. I think, I know this is Verge article in here. I haven't actually read this Verge article, but the the, the title's interesting enough. Why every photo storage company gets acquired or dies. Um, is it fair to say, like, these things, this will just never work. This is a business that will just never work. 
because no one no one's been able to keep it up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I think there's some. I think this article talks about it a little bit. It seems like Picture Life had some of the same issues Everpix had. You know, Everpix um, basically blamed their downfall on their S3 bills. That it's just it's so much data to deal with, and it's so much. Um, so expensive to do that that you have to charge a whole lot or have a whole lot of users and these things really don't don't have a big enough user base to sustain them um so it's, I guess you know having a lot of users is kind of like rolling the dice as well isn't it really because you've got to hope that you get a lot of users and a big portion of them don't have a lot of photos because right. if you have lots of photos lots of users and they all have lots of photos you're just like right. magnifying the problem yeah so casey uploading gigabytes of, of images to picture life cost them you know more money than you know i think i tried it out and uploaded like my a little test album and you know, i didn't cost them hardly anything so it's definitely you know uh, it's not surprising, like, you know, Picture Life kind of lasted longer than most. You know, we have Everpix passed away. We have uh, Loom was purchased by Dropbox, right? Um, yep. So and it's, it became you know, Kyrozel, yeah. That's right. Um, and, you know, I think I think it's it's clear that these things just can't, they don't just have enough steam behind them. They don't have enough resources behind them to, to be standalone companies anymore. Yeah. yeah, I think the biggest problem is that and I realize this, that this is unpopular between us, um, but most people don't want to manage photos. They just expect to be able to take pictures on a smartphone and the pictures are into the, the photos or gallery app, whatever they're yep. called. And they don't want to have the, uh, they don't want to have, the, you know, the basic like homework to do to manage photos once they're, once they're done. They just expect to be able to open an app and find the photos. And the problem is that these companies originally tried to solve a problem, which is you want to back up all your photos in the cloud. But now that the cloud is come, has come in, in different ways to, to the default apps by Apple and Microsoft and Google, these companies are trying to solve different problems and trying to sell features like these extra options to people. Like on Picture Life, you can, you can organize your photos, uh, you can view them on a map, or you can do albums in a different way. That's a really tiny market. And especially it's a tiny market with high costs because if you're trying to sell this kind of product and then you have to account for the, the Amazon Web Services costs, you're going to have a problem, which is the a reason why all these companies either uh, sell out or they need to shut down like Everpix. Because it's very sad to say, but... Even if you have great features, these are options. They are not a product. And most people expect uh, photo management to not be actually about management at all. They expect the photos app on their device to to have their photos on all their devices. And so I I think it's sad, but also kind of not surprising. And good luck to Stream Nation. Yeah, I guess because if you try to bundle all these different media features into one service, it, makes it actually sense. it makes more sense yeah. because you have something like Plex and this Stream Nation sounds very similar. So I kind of see the appeal of, okay, I want to manage all my media uh, in a single place and I'm the kind of user that wants to keep MP3 files, I want to keep JPEG photos, mm-hmm. I want to browse them manually, connect them to my TV. So it kind of makes sense. Uh, but a photo product alone, yeah, it's a big problem. 
I think it's safe to say you can't do this photo management stuff unless you have another product that you sell. So like companies like Google and Dropbox and Apple and Microsoft can do them because they're like bolt-ons for other services that they have and then they can kind of even out the cost that way uh, and or they do they actually host them themselves. Um, Amazon could probably do it as well quite well. I know they have something like that. But like, you know, that that seems like they're, they're the companies that can do it and these these independent companies, these startups, I, I, don't, I can't see it ever panning out. I think that that market has proven itself now to be a not very successful one. Right. Someone like Apple or Google can do it because they're, they are padding that cost elsewhere. You know, I'm sure I, I'd be very curious to know what a, an average iCloud user um, cost Apple a year. You know, I pay the lowest tier, like the nine nine cents a month or something. But yeah, same. I, surely it costs them more than that, I would think, especially once photos comes online. Um, but they can offset that by the fact that I have a $800 phone in my pocket. So it's, you know, it's different when you have a bigger company that can do more things and you can you can move things around where your P&L isn't as simple as these photos came in, this money came out, we are dead. So it's, it's a, a simple, simple equation, I think. Should we move on? Yes. Should yes. we move on for the management? So yes. uh, the Connected Podcast Comic Part 2 is, uh, is up. Uh, the link is in the show notes. Federico, where could the show notes be found? Well, the show notes are, uh, I'm, I'm very sad to announce that the show notes are ending. There's going to be no more show notes. <laughs> I, think you've, I think you've misread the follow-up document a little bit. <laughs> Did I, really? <laughs> yeah, just, just a tad. The show notes will continue. We'll, we'll, we'll get to the end of the show notes shortly. Well, my, my interpretation was more epic. Yes, it was. I think it, <laughs> I think it was. It's just slightly misinformed. The show notes will continue to be at relay.fm slash connected, and this week's can be at slash 25. There's no more show notes. No, I don't, that's not what that means. Uh, Steve uh, Steve B, thank you so much for the second edition of the uh, Connected Comics you go and read, and it'll be in the show notes. And this one uh, is, is as epic as the first, uh, if not more so, and it, and it requires... Um, some listener participation will not spoil it. You should go and check it out. It's uh, there's some frightening things in this comic. There are, there are. It's getting <laughs> I'm, dark. I'm a little, I'm afraid we're not going to spoil it, but I'm afraid of what happens to us. Uh-huh. Um, all right. So we have uh, we so we got a lot. Of, I got a lot of email about the iPad uh, special. Thank you for all of the kind words. Uh, I can speak for all three of us that we. I think we're all three very happy with how that came out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we got a lot of emails. I, I I read them all. I didn't get to reply to all of them. Um, about people saying, you know, using the iPads, especially in school, and and just kind of how the iPad has made a difference in a lot of people's lives, not just the three of us, not just Federico. Um, there was one tweet, though, that I really wanted to call out, so it'll be in the show notes. Um, that, that we're talking about, someone mentioned that iBooks was like the worst example of skeuomorphism ever. And then there's this graphic of the Iowa seven iBooks <laughs> and all the books are kind of like fallen off the shelves because the shelves aren't there anymore. And they're sort of like collapsed on the bottom of the iPad. It's really, it's really quite funny. My book is cute. also falling off the shelf. I saw that, but you're, you're on sad. top. Yeah. You are, you're sort of laying on top of a, a what looks like a, a, a Max Sparky field guide. So. I, I, I'm on top of Max Sparky. Yeah. Um, Kind of weird. Uh, yeah, uh, great graphic. Um, yeah, kind of really, funny. really funny. Uh, so that'll be in the show notes. Um, we also have a, a photo sent to us by Jason Snell. I'm not. I'm not. Come sure. on, I'm not, really? I'm not familiar with his work. Um, Is this really by Jason? 
It really is by Jason. He sent me this image of him listening to Connected outside of the uh, of one <laughs> infinite act- loop in his car. He actually does this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there was a there's an old joke that, that if you get it, then awesome, and if you don't, then we'll just carry on. Um, uh, this so this is the announcement. So we have an announcement to make. Are you guys ready? Chat room, uh, yeah. sitting down. I'm ready. Please correct Federico for us. We have an announcement about the future of the show, and really of all podcasting ever. We are bringing the show notes and old browsers uh, vertical, to borrow a term from another show. Uh, it's coming to an end. Uh, so these three links that are in the show notes by uh, Spencer on Twitter of Connected in iCab and Connected in IE6, which is really a lot of fun, uh, as well as his final one, um, Show notes and Conqueror, which uses KHTML, basically a precursor to WebKit. Um, it's time to put this this follow up thread to bed, and um, I think I speak for all of us. We are sunsetting the show notes <laughs> in old browsers. Yes, uh, we're working on the museum. If you heard that episode, uh, I'm hard at work uh, curating and uh, walking around looking fancy, and we're going to preserve these somewhere. But uh, for now, the the show notes in old browsers is. Is, is over. We've we, been able we are, to. Uh, we already we already bought uh, a cape for Steven, and um, we are looking into launching a crowdfunding campaign to acquire uh, the frames that we're gonna uh, use to hang the, the the prints of the show notes in old browsers. We're gonna we're gonna launch an Indiegogo campaign for uh, to buy frames for our museum. We've uh, also been able to console Steven adequately. Um, I know that he's very sad that this needs to end, but you the, know, sun, the sun is set on this on this I mean, vertical. I, so here's the thing. So I am a little sad, but I'm really proud of the work that that people did to um, <laughs> to document this. I mean, really, if you think about it, like it's nuts that anybody actually did this. And so I, I for one, I'm sad, but but happy at the same time. It's very confusing being me right now. Do you um, feel like um, Do you feel like you 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 changed people's lives? I, I would say that we made a dent in the universe. I mean, mm-hmm. I think we're at the intersection <laughs> of oh, wow, yes. art and history. <laughs> Mike is going to be so happy with the, with this segment of the show. This episode of Connected is brought to you by our friends over at lynda.com. It's already February. What are you waiting for? It's time to invest in yourself and start learning something new with lynda.com and the 10-day free trial that I have listeners of this show. Lynda.com is used by millions of people around the world and has over 3,000 courses on topics like web development, photography, visual design, business, and also software training. Maybe you want to learn Excel or Photoshop or Illustrator or something like that. Well, you can learn that with Lynda.com. Whether you're trying to invest in a new hobby, maybe you want to find a new job and you have some skills that you want to learn for that, Lynda.com has something for everyone. You'll get unlimited courses You'll get unlimited access to every course on lynda.com, access to view tutorials on tablets and mobile devices as well with their apps for iOS and Android, and you'll be able to get access to the new courses that they add every single week. Lynda.com have highlighted some courses that they think that listeners of this show might be interested in, like iOS app development, and they have Swift training as well. They also have a course on how to distribute Android apps. If you want to step onto the other side of the fence, you can do that. Maybe you want to go cross-platform with your work. Lynda.com has stuff for you. But maybe you want to take that a few steps back 
So I was looking around and was thinking to myself, you know, maybe if I wanted to develop an app, where would I start? Well, they have the foundations of programming. You can learn about that. So if you want to help get started, and maybe then you need to think about how do you want your app to look? They have courses on all of the apps that you're going to need to know for design as well, like Illustrator and Photoshop. And these courses are taught by people that work at Adobe. So it's just a great like smattering of the types of things that you can learn at lynda.com. You should go and check it out for yourself. You can go to lynda.com slash connected. You can sign up for a free 10-day trial right there, and you'll be able to go in and have a taste of what lynda.com has to offer. Go ahead. I challenge you to learn something new. Thank you so much to lynda.com for supporting this show and all of Relay FM. Topic zero. We've gone back to our weird topic. We have topic zero, topic 0.5, and then topic 0.9. It's hard to understand. Um, topic zero, uh, we spoke, man, I think a long time ago, Mike, about your setup and if a Mac pro would be a good fit for you. And we you decided, some... no, we decided, no, that a Mac pro was not a good fit for me and that I was going to get a Mac mini. But then what happened, Stephen? What, what are you recording on right now? <laughs> well, I was you jumped a step. Said, Apple, Apple disappointed us with the Mac mini. Um, oh yes. Yeah. The new one's lame. There's no quad core anymore. Although, did you guys see, like, last week I saw an article, the quad-core is for sale again, but it's the old one? Yeah. It's very, like, I don't... That's only I don't in the know US as well. On. Well, at least it was when oh, I checked. Oh, is it? Yeah. Is it? Okay. Yeah. Um, and then we looked at an iMac, but you didn't want an iMac on your desk for many, many reasons, which I totally understand. And so we opted to buy a Mac Pro. Yes, we have a Mac Pro, and I've been using it for about <laughs> about two weeks now. And I'm happy to say that I really love it. Uh, I'm very happy with my Mac Pro. Um, but we have a couple of stories that I would like to tell very quickly uh, because I think that they're incredibly entertaining. So we bought the Mac Pro in the UK. It was very expensive, uh, especially yeah. in dollars because of that. Um, so we got it here uh, and we unboxed it and I put the thing together and I started <laughs> uh, plugging everything in and was was just starting to get the Mac ready. And I don't know what made me think of this, but I was like, because if you remember, if you remember the conversation that we had many weeks ago about that, I wanted audio in and audio out, dedicated audio in and audio out. I just thought it was the right, a good thing to do. Uh, so we, did, we thought, you know, that's something that the Mac Pro definitely has because there's two ports. Right, you have an audio in yeah. and audio out port. Turns out it doesn't. Uh, the Mac Pro has two audio outs. Uh, one is digital, and one is digital with headset, which is BS. <laughs> which makes no freaking sense. Apple, I hate you so much for doing that. Uh, so I, I because of the, I have things set up in a peculiar way that allows me to play sound effects and stuff all through the same machine and mixer. It's very complicated, but it works for me. Uh, and basically, that wouldn't work. Um, so we were very upset, very scared. Uh, me and Stephen were very scared at this point because we were worried that we'd spent a lot of money. Um, however, I have been able to fix it. I, I purchased something called an iMic, which is amazing. Hilarious. Uh, by, by Griffin. Uh, and it's basically just, it's an audio in to USB. Um, so basically I have my mixer is set up with like multiple audio in and audio out. It works working absolutely perfectly. Uh, means I can still do things like this if I want to. So they're there, they're available to me to do at any moment. And that's one of the main reasons that I like to have it set up in the weird way that I do. The other thing was, um, I just needed to point this out because one of the co-hosts of this show, uh, believes that he is a lead genius of the Memphis region. Um, and understands all about the K-Base and everything like that. So we are 
we were we basically had found out that this was a problem and also I had started to do migration assistant and it told me it'd take about an hour and we had about 90 minutes until we needed to record this show uh then it jumped to five hours you started migration without consulting anyone else just gonna put that out there before you attempt to throw me under the bus which I will refute Okay, well, Carry on. we'll see if you're able to do that. Then it jumped to five hours, so I said to Stephen, what shall I do? And also as well, at this time, we were freaking out that potentially the audio equipment wouldn't work properly with the computer. So I was like, well, what shall I do? Because, you know, I could record on my USB microphone, but, like, it's not going to be great. And he's like, I, I believed you said to me, just power it off. Like, just, just well, shut you, it you down. Can, you can quit out of Migration Assistant, but that didn't work. Couldn't quit. And so we just powered it off, which yeah. is fine. Wasn't fine. It's not great. It's not great. The absolute Turns opposite out. of fine was couldn't have been further away from fine. Uh, the machine would not boot. It just wouldn't boot. Tell the truth, Mike. It wouldn't boot. I turned it on, and it would just it was just looking to complete migration assistant with nothing connected to it, and it would just sit there and couldn't do anything. Uh, and also, uh, I didn't have a keyboard that I could connect to it, so I couldn't do anything. I couldn't quit. And then I was able to try and find a. I then had a brainwave that i could connect my weird microsoft bluetooth keyboard because it has this little dongle because i couldn't connect the bluetooth keyboard to it because i couldn't do anything uh and then we were able to restart it and zap the pram but the, and then it worked and now it's been fine and it's been great ever since and it's very fast and it's very efficient i just wanted to tell this story to highlight the fact that steven gave some terrible advice I, I d- Fine. It was bad advice. And okay. chat room, I'm just ignoring you trolling me. Um, I didn't know any now. better. I was relying on him. You know? Yeah. It's not great, but it's fine. <laughs> um, and it works now, and it's wonderful. It and uh, the Mac Mini is now uh, going to a retirement home for computers. It's currently sitting underneath the desk with the power cord wrapped around it. Is it leveling the desk? <laughs> like, no, like, no, no. Like, <laughs> it's, it's sitting with my other backup equipment. That I yeah. have because I so like still to have, have backup it. equipment. We still have it, and you're seeing like greatly improved bounce speeds. Everything's quicker. Everything's quicker. Um, everything is is more efficient. I'm able to do multiple things at once, which is amazing. Um, I did have the the entire UI lock up on Monday whilst recording upgrade. Uh, fine, which led fine. and hilarity ensued. Aside from that, it's been it's been fantastic. Um, Federica, what do you think about about Mac Pros? Okay. I'm trying to. I'm trying to think of a good analogy. Um, <laughs> Casey literally likes him. You know when you turn on the TV, and there's like a talk show about science, and you don't understand the word of what they're saying. Uh, that, that's kind of how I feel. Like I, I, like I get the basic story here. You bought a new computer, and it didn't turn on, and Steven let you down. Um, so yeah, I, I feel for you, but I'm kind of happy that, that you got it working. I'm I'm happy for Thanks. you. Thank you. Ben. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we were panicky, right? Like, we have oh. to record. You can't record. We've what broken the do? computer. <laughs> <laughs> then I got more panicky, and I was like, "Oh, just reset the PRAM." And then we didn't have a keyboard, and it just. But it's fine now, and we're gonna cut all this out because I'm gonna volunteer to edit the show, and it's good. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Federico, speaking of exciting things, it's uh, a good segue. To yes. Microsoft. Yes, let's talk about Outlook for iOS. So 
Microsoft, back in, Decem in December, I think, a couple of months ago, they bought this new email app for iOS called uh, Accompli. I think iOS and Android, actually. Uh, it was an email app that I actually got uh, pitched, uh, what was it, September, October? And I didn't take a look because I kind of wasn't interested in another email client for iOS, and that was probably uh, a bad, bad call for me. But anyway, um, so they bought this email client. They waited a couple of months, and now this email client is called Outlook for iOS. And it's an official Microsoft app and, you know, all that. It supports uh, Outlook.com. Gmail, iCloud, um, Yahoo Mail, I think, doesn't support uh, regular IMAP email accounts. It integrates directly with Dropbox because Microsoft is now doing like some sort of partnership with Dropbox. Uh, OneDrive, of course. And it's a... So I've been, I've been trying this uh, Outlook for the past week. And you will be surprised to know, uh, this is like one of those uh, uh, upworthy headlines, you can't believe what happened next. Um, <laughs> you will be surprised to know that it's my default email client now. Well, um, not default. Tenic well, yes. Yeah. Oh. The one you like the most. Yes, genius. Technically, it's not my iOS default client. Yes, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Please, so please what, forgive me. So what do you like about it? Um, they, they are doing this uh, clever feature called uh, focused, uh, focused Inbox, which is basically a way to separate emails that you get in your inbox uh, from like important email messages and other stuff that goes into a section uh, very appropriately called other. So the stuff that matters to you, according to, 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 the, to the app, is, goes into the, the focus sec section and all the other stuff like newsletters and, and emails from people you don't, want, you don't want to hear from, it goes into other. So this is, a, this is like a, a, something that Outlook does uh, independently. It, it's not reflected into the uh, email service that you use. So if you use Gmail or if you use iCloud, you're not going to see another label or folder added to your account. It's, it's just an app thing that happens. Um, and you can, you can switch between these two. And what I like is that you only get push notifications for messages that come into the focus inbox. So let's back up a little. Outlook, like Mailbox, like CloudMagic, like other uh, modern email clients that do push notifications, they send all your email over to their servers so they can serve you push notifications. So if you're the kind of user who doesn't want to have all your email uh, into somebody else's server, uh, you're not gonna want to use Outlook. So I tested this one with my Gmail account and I like that unlike other solutions to replicate this kind of uh, feature, you know, to have important emails into a separate section, uh, it only sends you a push notification for stuff that the app uh, believes it's, uh, it belongs to the focus section. So that's kind of handy because uh, until a few weeks ago, I was trying Cloud Magic uh, in combination with Sanebox, which is this service that I, that I heard from um, Max Parkey, actually. Um, and unlike this combination using Sanebox with Cloud Magic, Outlook only sends you push notifications for focused messages, which is kind of handy. So you're not going to hear push notifications over and over, and then you open the app and you find only fewer messages. Uh, I thought the integration was kind of cool. And the big feature is that Outlook integrates email and calendar in the same place. 
actually email calendar and files because you can connect your OneDrive and Dropbox account. So while you're writing an email message, you can reference your calendar and you can attach files from OneDrive and Dropbox. And it's also kind of impressive that it's able to scan email messages that you get that contain a date and a time. And it can tell you like if you receive an invitation to a calendar event or like something that you need to RSVP to, um, it tells you whether there's a conflict in your calendar, which is kind of nice. And it also sends you push notifications for calendar events. So you, if you want, you can use Outlook on iOS as uh, your only email and calendar app, although it's not a great calendar app. It's just like a, a calendar view more than a full calendar client like Fantastical or uh, calendars from Riddle. I think it's a I think it's a cool app. It works it works really well with Gmail. Uh, search is fast. Uh, your emails go over to Microsoft's servers, which I guess is uh, probably uh, not as potentially problematic as another yeah. smaller company. Uh, so I mean, it's Microsoft, so it's not like they're out to. Well, the problem's not not that in particular, but there, there's a link to. Um... Gabe's website, Mac Drifter, about this. He's um, linked to several things. It, it's not so much that it it goes over another server. I mean, that's that's a problem. Um, but it's that that is in violation of the security policies for many companies who like depend on Outlook. Um, oh yeah, and yeah, so I'm it's not familiar you know with that, or so. and de- or and depend on Exchange uh, on the back end. And so it's not that it's like it is a problem. And I would say it's a problem for consumers even if you're worried about that sort of thing. But it means that Outlook for iOS doesn't meet the requirements for a lot of uh, companies that use Microsoft products. And that's, that's fine if it's a third-party app, but it's a first-party app. Microsoft bought it and didn't deal with this. And so that's... So does it, also, it also does this for Exchange accounts as well. Like Microsoft Exchange accounts, do they have the yeah. same problem? Okay. Uh, it seems like it. I read some of this, but it was a couple days ago, and I don't really understand all of it. Um, but it's it's something that hey if you work you know like Mike your old job uh, you guys use Lotus Notes as did at my old job um, and there was a lot of security around that things we could do and couldn't do and the same thing is very common if you use Exchange at work and so I would just say if you're looking at using it for work and you know the security policies I would check uh, you don't want to can I uh, get caught can in the I middle go of this. guys can I go on a bit of a brief discussion about email clients and calendar clients on iOS. Um, can I, can I, may I have your permission, Mike and Steven? You have my permission? Yes. Okay. So I'm kind of surprised about the, the kind of innovation that third-party developers are doing. And not just that, because of course for a long time third-party apps have been doing different stuff on iOS than, than Apple's apps. But just how, for how long Apple has been ignoring uh, these like additions to email and to calendar apps because Apple's mail and calendar are very much traditional clients. Like they're not trying to think about email and calendar events in different ways. And the innovation in in Apple's apps for these two particular uh, tasks that people do a lot, email messages and calendar events, has been really slow. I mean, Apple has been doing... I mean, the, the the last big features from Apple are, I think, VIP contacts and in calendar uh, driving times, which never actually work for me. Um, <laughs> and instead, 
And instead, you get all these other companies. I mean, besides Google, okay, let's not talk about Google because they own Gmail and they have a massive, massive scale for email. But other companies like Accompli, before it became Outlook, still it had some pretty good ideas integrating your calendar and your email. It's, it makes sense for me. And Cloud Magic is doing this uh, this feature called uh, Cards that lets you save an email from like an attachment, uh, an entire message, not just files, to other services like Evernote or Todoist if you want to turn a message into an action. And instead, in Apple's mail, you, there's no share sheets. You can only open files using the native Quick Look preview. And it's, it feels like a pre, really prehistoric, in many ways, client. And don't don't even get me started on the on the calendar app because it's kind of it's really sad and i'm surprised because on other apps like i'm not saying that apple in other apps has been following third party developers but they've been doing they've been doing more you know new stuff like safari is or messages doing messages is doing new things and instead the mail and calendar teams seems to be either slow or they don't believe that they need to innovate in this space, which I think that case would be kind of dumb. Uh, but yeah, that's a, it's just a brief thought. I think my my kind of maybe argument and point on that is like uh, what what we what you're asking for and what I agree I would like to see more of. I think are maybe more power user features. So potentially Apple don't think that you know more average users need stuff like that. But my kind of counter argument like so i was playing devil's advocate a bit with that is that's totally fine and to a point i agree with that but on that basis allow me to choose what my default email app is like if 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 you believe it like apple that that you don't want to include that stuff because you think that it would maybe make the app too complicated for people that don't need it which i totally understand if that's the decision you choose to make then you need to allow me to make the decision about what mail app i want to use um, and and stop stop controlling uh, the you know the, the default clients. I think if if you're making decisions based on that kind of that kind of idea, then I should be able to have the control of what mail app I use. Uh, I agree. You know, I, I was thinking about this in terms of the apps that we've picked over at the Suite Setup, and a lot of our reviews. You know, we're reviewing things that have first-party apps in the running, so like Reminders or Mails or Calendar, and I don't think uh, that we've ever picked an Apple first-party app because of this. And uh, Mike, I think you said it really well. You know, they've got to hit a really broad user base with their first-party apps, and they kind of allow, you know, if you even know the third-party mail apps are a thing, you're probably already a power user on the grand scheme, in the grand scheme of things. And so they let people innovate in spaces and yes that stuff does come back and i think messages i think they had to do it uh had to work on that from a strategic standpoint because they're competing at so many things so many messaging services and are you know in parts of the world losing out to things like line or whatsapp or other third parties but you know most people are just going to use the mail app that comes on the dock of their phone and and so it needs to be simple enough that anyone can use and I agree that it's frustrating. And, and Mike, I'm totally behind you that I should be able to set what app I want to use. Like if I want something more complicated because I can deal with it, let me use it by default. Don't make me jump through hoops. Um, whether we ever see that or not, I don't know. But I think, you know, I think the fact that so many like 
nerds in our circles have used Outlook and like it, like Federico. I think that really says something about the the state of the first party app. Um, I think it also says a lot about Outlook, and I think it's sort of funny that like I'd never heard of this app that was acquired. And then all of a sudden, like Alex out, and it's basically the same app with a new icon, and people are, <laughs> yeah, you know, like if those guys had been more successful at marketing, maybe they would want to have to sell to Microsoft. I mean, I don't know, but um, it, it is just it's an interesting time. And then even today, uh, there was news about uh, Microsoft again buying Sunrise, the, the calendar app, which is crazy. Yeah. I think that this is like, I mean, we spoke about this a couple of weeks ago, myself and Federico, and I think that this, in my mind, sticks to it. Like, I genuinely think that for doing crazy kind of stuff and like unexpected things, Microsoft is like the most exciting tech company to me right now. Like, they are doing stuff and and it's new stuff for them. So it's like that you, I kind of feel like I can't, at the moment, I cannot guess where they're going to go next. And, and I think that that's, that's really cool for them. To, to have that kind of feeling about them. I think it is it is exciting, not necessarily because about you believe they're doing the right thing because we don't know, but it's exciting because you're seeing them change like in real time. Yeah, and like it's fundamental, cool. huge changes yeah. as well. Like, oh, now you don't have to pay for OneDrive and you can integrate uh, <laughs> Dropbox for Microsoft Office and the apps yeah, are free yeah, if you do. Yeah. It's like, what? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Like, That's not your business. Or like Windows is free. Like, okay. <laughs> they lost mobile, or at least this generation of mobile, and they're trying to grasp at any straw they can. Um, they're trying to buy it back. To, they're they're trying to become relevant to people. They're trying to be relevant to us, to the three of us. And you see their, their partnership with Dropbox. So if you have a Word document in Dropbox, you just tap it. You can edit it in Word, save it back to Dropbox, all one very fluid thing. Um because they enjoyed dominance for so long and they were late on mobile and, and I would say they've basically missed this generation. Windows Phone is not going anywhere. Um, they've got to do these things to become relevant. And I think it's working by the fact that you just said you're excited about it. So it's, you know, I, I agree with you. I think I think they have a lot of interesting things going on. I think Microsoft at the same time is its own worst enemy sometimes. Like the, the weird pricing around uh, office on iOS for so long was just baffling until you remember that they're used to serving corporate customers and that's how corporate world works and it's like doesn't work in the consumer space so I think they have to take what they know about uh, the enterprise and if they want to move downstream into the three of us and, and the way that we work they have to meet us where we are and so I think things like Outlook being a really good mail client with all these like features that people want is a great example of that um, but I think they got to do it do a better job at it and I think they got to do it more consistently before uh, any of us will be looking at Microsoft services or something like that to, to move our stuff into. See, I, I really want to try Outlook on iOS, but I haven't yet because I know that Microsoft at the moment don't have a like comparably exciting or well-featured or good-looking uh, Outlook for Mac. Um, mm-hmm. And I love Mailbox and like I love organizing my email with mailbox, like making email go away and come back at a certain time, reorganizing messages into my own order and stuff. And and I'm really kind of invested in that system. And for it to work properly, for mailbox to really work properly, you've got to use it everywhere because otherwise weird things happen. Like yeah, it just yeah. looks really strange. So, but that's fine because you just got to understand that going in. And and I do. So now, like I can't try another email app. But it looks like Outlook has a lot of those features that I like, like snoozing email, basically, is, is one of the big things that I love about Mailbox. Um, 
but I don't know how well their Mac app deals with that stuff, but at the very least their Mac app is still like last generation for, for their stuff. But I expect that to change, but I don't think it's going to change until like Windows 10, something like that. We'll see. I mean, the- let me just say, guys, that we will talk about email uh, over the next few weeks. I've been teasing Mike. Uh, is that right, Michael? With yeah, Federico of- said to me said to me the other day, "I have <laughs> I have a big surprise, but I'm not telling you." Which is effectively what Stephen said with the Chromebook, but I think he threw that out the window a couple of days ago, therefore ruining oh, the experiment. We should talk about that. It's not even on the document today. So okay, maybe next week. Okay. So you guys are up to really weird things right now, and I'm kind of excited about that. <laughs> yeah, we're we are the Microsoft of of, uh, of ourselves, basically. <laughs> wow, that's that's quite nice. I like that. I want to try and find exactly what you said to me, uh, but I can't see it in my messages now. Uh, Scroll up and uh, Command F, uh, surprise. I can't see. I cannot see it. I cannot see it. It's in here somewhere. Oh, I, 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 this is from Federico. I also have a big confession for you, but I'll tell you over the next few days, it's a big one. I'm like, you can't just say that to someone, but he, he wouldn't tell me. So <laughs> I don't know what it is, but there we go. It's, it's teasing. They call that in the industry, teasing. This week's episode of Connected is also brought to you by Igloo, the internet you'll actually like. Igloo have a fantastic internet platform that works great everywhere. If you're an iPhone user, an Android user, a desktop, maybe you have a laptop or a 30-inch display, it doesn't matter because Igloo's platform is built on responsive web design. Their internet looks fantastic everywhere. So you can do something from reading your documents to sharing a photo of your lunch to administrative tasks like managing your settings. You can do them on all devices and they look fantastic across the board. Their task management system, which is a relatively new thing for Igloo, but it's you know a great way for you to keep in touch with what you're up to in your organization. That has been designed for speed and ease of use on your phone. You can quickly create a task in just a few taps and manage your task list from wherever you are. Maybe you want to look at the document preview engine that they have. That's all HTML5 compatible. So your teammates can upload documents for you to look at. You can view them all there and you're all using the correct version of the document because it's the one that is in the cloud. Um, All of their collaboration features, all of their chat features, their commenting, their blog posting, all of that. It all works fantastic on all devices. If you've ever used any type of intranet platform before, like SharePoint, you'll know how incredible this sounds. The fact that you could be on the road, on your iPhone, on your internet, and it's all completely secure. They, I, I couldn't even begin to list the amount of acronyms and letters that they have for their security. Just understand it's lots of them. They have lots of security stuff. Uh, Igloo is a great platform. It's used by really large companies. And you can find out a bit more about some of the companies that use uh, Igloo's platform on their website. You should go to igloosoftware.com slash connected. That's where you'll find out more information about Igloo. It's free to use with up to 10 people. You can sign up right now at igloosoftware.com slash connected, as I said. It's a fast and fantastic way to create, share, and manage your work from wherever you choose to work. Thank you so much to Igloo for supporting this show and Relay FM. Lovely people as well at Igloo. So nice. Yeah, great people. So friendly. Canadian, you see. They're always nice. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Mike, what's going on with Beats? I didn't read any of this. So. I am so confused. Uh, I read this 9to5Mac article today. Um, 
and and I think as the day has gone on, things have got clarified a little bit, but I still think it's really confusing. Uh, so basically, it's another another scoop from Mark Gurman, effectively talking about what Apple's plans for Beats are, and what it seems like, at least on the face of it, is Apple is going to be launching a third music streaming service. So. Or a third music service, I should say. So there will be iTunes, which will remain as iTunes. Then they have Beats, and then there will be this new one. Let's call it let's call it iTunes Music for the sake of giving it a name for now. So iTunes Music will be kind of an amalgamation of both, and it will be baked within the OS. And there will be like revamped versions of the music apps, and probably iTunes on the desktop that takes into functionality this. You'll be able to, and it sort of ties in to Beats's engine and all of this cool stuff that they do around playlists and recommendations and all that kind of stuff. But it won't be Beats, they're, and that from what it seems like, they're not going to be removing Beats when this comes out. Like, Why? I know this. What? Is what I don't. It, there are kind of hints in the article that maybe they will phase Beats out. But Beats will still exist. This is what this what I took away from this is Beats will still exist. They will use Beats technology and you will be able to transfer your playlists and history from Beats into this app. But Apple will not renaming and rebranding. They're creating a brand new Apple-created app. And also, this may be an Android app as well, which I really don't understand. Like, if Beats still exists, why not? And like, why... I'm so confused. Like, why? Why not just say, here is an update to Beats... Beats is now called iTunes Music, and it has a new look and feel. Like, why be like, and we're going to create a new Android app as well, and the Beats Android app will still be around for a while, and it's going to use the smart stuff, but it's going to be like iTunes-y. I'm very, I'm very confused about it. Federico, do you have any different kind of take from this, like from the article? Yes, yeah, so I think I it kind it? of makes sense. <laughs> okay, no, please tell me why, I, I, because I can't understand why they wouldn't just rebrand. Because that's what I that's what I would do. I mean, if I if I had to buy a company, I would just buy the company, keep it working, then slowly phase it out and build the technology into a new product that I can control fully. Because maybe you don't know, maybe you they Beats Music did something weird with their app that that Apple wants to do better. So maybe they always had to build it from the ground up. Yeah, because I mean, maybe they just want to. I, I mean, my interpretation is that they're gonna slowly fade out Beats Music. They're going to seriously downplay the music listening aspect in the current iTunes application, and they're gonna launch this new iTunes Music app, uh, whatever it's called, uh, that it's only dedicated to music and to all kinds of music, whether it's your music or a radio feature or streaming. And I think it kind of makes sense because otherwise you would have this situation that you, you'd have like Apple makes the music app, but it also has to maintain Beats Music, which is, which is their app, but also a separate brand. I don't know. I think it makes sense to just start from scratch and incorporate the best ideas into a new product rather than keep maintaining an existing product and create something strange from a, from a branding perspective. Yeah, but that's and, like, the thing, get though. get people like... confused. It seems like for at least a, a period of time they will be maintaining the Beats app. That's what yeah, I find course, confusing. Like if they would have just on day like the day one of this launch been like, and Beats music has gone away, and we have this brand new thing, I would have expected that. But the idea of kind of keeping them at least for a period of time running concurrently—that's what is very peculiar. I, like I can't can't really wrap my head around that because I didn't expect yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, I guess you, you you don't want to say, hey, Beats music is going away in like seven days. But then I mean, also, there's like always a grace period, you know, but, but I guess it makes sense. I don't know. Unless you're Everpix. Hey, 
It's just like arguably yeah. <laughs> though as well, like the Beats brand is stronger. Yeah, that's my that's my concern. Actually, Mate, that's, that's my, yeah. like why are they doing like it's from German's uh, article? It seems like they're doing away with the Beats brand, and that's kind of weird. I think I don't know. My only thoughts on that is maybe they want to focus the Beats brand on the hardware because I think the hardware is definitely Probably, yeah. way better known. Yeah. yeah um. Yeah, yeah. And and maybe it's you know if you think about it that way then maybe iTunes is a stronger brand than Beats Audio you know the, as far as a music service, um, but I think the timing is definitely you know if this article plays out is is weird, um, and I think potentially really confusing like uh, you know what what where should I listen to music you know Apple is you know what should a user do with something Apple is really good at answering most of the time like. And and it seems like if this is going to be a weird transition, that's going to be foggy for a little while. I do yeah. think they've got to do something with iTunes. I mean, it's it's iTunes is aging. Uh, the the people like me who buy music and sing it to an iPod, we're dying off in droves. And so they have to do something to modernize their music platform. And clearly, that's was part of the Beats purchase. I just I hate to see them move forward in a way that is is confusing or in a way that costs them. Um, you know, cost them customers or or brand loyalty because I think people who like the Beats Audio app really like it, mm-hmm. and it'd be a shame to throw all that away. But but who knows? I'm concerned From- as well. This will just be bolted into iTunes. Like, I, I, I there's just this part of me that's like they're not gonna do anything significant with iTunes. It's just gonna be like this is the other thing. <laughs> hey guys, here's something else. It's in iTunes. Like that that concerns me. Like at least if it was beats right then you could just have this separate app which does that part but i just feel like it's just going to be another thing to go into itunes or Uh, maybe you're just gonna have itunes on the desktop and there's going to be a music app also on the desktop finally well they should music the music part is out of itunes well that if if they were going to do that they should just split apart everything because yeah. Then it doesn't make. Yeah. I I see where you're going with that, but like then the the brand iTunes makes no sense. There should just be like the iO like I don't know like the iOS management app, the music app, and the podcast app. I don't know. What I what like, I, I what know. I caught what I caught from the article that was interesting to me. Um, German says that uh, users are going to be able to listen to their own music um, and also to browse uh, the, the streaming catalog and add music to their collections. And that's kind of strange because it sounds like you're going to be able to have local music and presumably iTunes match music and streaming music in the same application. Spotify um, used to kind of do this. I don't know if it still does. And was super, super confusing. Terrible, like really bad, <laughs> yes. but it did because, kind because of do it. Because you, you end up having all these little badges yeah. next to songs <laughs> to tell you whether it's streaming or cash, because you're going to be able to also, according to Gurman, to uh, download songs in an offline cash. So you're going to have badges for streaming, cash, local music, and iTunes match music. It's kind of sounds like a mess. Um, and in fact, it's no surprise that um, the article also says. Um, the development has been problematic inside mm-hmm. Apple. And so hopefully they will do some, you know, I think they need to clean some things up. Like iTunes match needs to go away, I, I hope so. I mean, or maybe just make it a super niche feature instead of putting it front and center 
into into iTunes. I don't know. They they need to do some reorganization for music because they have so many different products. iTunes Match, iTunes, iTunes Radio, Beats Music. Uh, yeah, that's about it. Like I'm, I'm telling you, man, ways. it's going to be called <laughs> iTunes Match Music Radio Streaming in the cloud. Like it's going to be. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm being stupid, but the name I cannot imagine will be good. They should just give Maybe it a it'll brand just be new name. Apple Music. Just Apple kill, Music. Kill iTunes. Yeah, just kill it. Kill iTunes. I don't know, man. It's, it's. I think a lot of people hate iTunes, but it is well known. Um, I don't know. It's it's confusing to think about, and you know, like right now, it's sort of clear because they're very separate, right? Like you have iTunes and iTunes Match, and then you have Beats, and they're discrete, non-related things. And so once they start blending them, it could go it could go sideways. We'll see, though. Yeah, we'll see. Right, um, we Federico posted a, a, a nice article today, um, an iPad Air review, which is, was kind of not a review. We'll, we'll talk about that. Um, a review in the sense of... Anyway, I'll get to what I mean in a moment. But let's t- take a moment <laughs> yeah. to thank our third and final sponsor for this week, and that is our friends over at Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website, portfolio, and online store. For a free trial and 10% off, visit squarespace.com and enter the offer code WORLD at checkout. Squarespace, start here, go anywhere. We've mentioned Squarespace a bunch of times on the show. They are a fantastic place to start a website of your own. Whether you maybe want a blog or a portfolio, maybe you want to set up a store, anything you've got an idea for, Squarespace can help you out. But something that they've done uh, in the last week has been really interesting and also really highlights a lot of their platform and it's something you should be checking out. It's called dreamingwithjeff.com. And this was um, something that Squarespace have been working on in collaboration with Jeff Bridges. Uh, And they, they put together a Super Bowl ad for it but it's more than that it wasn't just like an ad that had jeff bridges in it they've created a whole little thing that they want to tell you about so basically jeff bridges has created uh, an album of sleep music um so it's, it's basically they're calling it a sleeping tape um and it's stuff to help you sleep stuff to help you dream and it seems like something that jeff bridges is really interested in and for all intents and purposes they work together on it. So Squarespace have created a beautiful website, which you can find at dreamingwithjeff.com. This isn't a great example of how flexible and how fantastic Squarespace sites can be. It has an inbuilt music player, which is there. You can install all the music there, and it has little music controls that say at the bottom of the site. This works great on all different platforms. And you can buy the album there as well. They're using the Squarespace commerce platform. They have digital downloads. They have like a pay-what-you-want type thing. They also have some special editions of the sleeping tapes on cassette and vinyl, uh, for Casey Liss. Uh, and the proceeds of the purchases are going to a charity that Jeff heads up uh, that he's like the face of called No Kid Hungry, uh, which is a great charity. And they're giving all the money away for that. But you should go to dreamwithjeff.com. You should give them some money because it's going to charity. But you can also go there and see how fantastic Squarespace is. I love Squarespace. I've used them for years. They have great stuff as well as all these fancy features like the, the WizBank stuff. They have real great fundamentals as well. They have rock solid fast hosting. They have fantastic support, 24-7 support with live chat and email. They have their dev platform if you want to get in and tinker around. Like all of the stuff they've done with Dreaming with Jeff, that's stuff that anybody can do. That all of the things that you see on that page, anyone can do that of Squarespace. And you can start a Squarespace account right now. If you sign up for a year, you'll get a free domain name, But and their plans start at just $8 a month. 
So go to squarespace.com. You can sign up for a free trial right now. You can start putting your website today. And when you decide to sign up for Squarespace, make sure that you use the offer code WORLD at checkout and you'll get 10% off your first purchase and show your support for Connected. Thank you to Squarespace for supporting Relay FM. Squarespace, start here, go anywhere. So what I was referring to before is so Federico uh, posted an iPad Air 2 review today, but mm-hmm. it's not really a review of the iPad Air 2. At least that's the way that I took it. Like, yes, you're talking about it, but it's much more the iPad as a thing than mm-hmm. the Air 2. I mean, you talk about in the hardware section specifically what the features of the Air 2 have helped you to get things done faster, but a lot of that stuff is maybe inconsequential to the overall idea of, of what the iPad allows you to do. Is that fair to say? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I guess I use the, the Air 2 as a jumping point to, to discuss in general. Because I, I realized, like I said on Twitter, that I never like fully expressed my thoughts on why I use the iPad because I had like a bunch of mentions here and there on Mac Stories and then of course a lot of episodes of The Prompt and Connected but I never put together all my thoughts in a single place so that's what I I kind of used uh, the Air 2 I wouldn't say as an excuse because I really love the device uh, but I, I wanted to review the device so the review in itself was kind of brief uh, so, and I used uh, the occasion, the opportunity to to talk about the iPad in general. Yeah, that is correct, Michael. So talk us through then a little bit. T- tell mm-hmm. tell me a li- give give people maybe that haven't read it like a kind of a, an overall idea of, of the types of things that you're talking about and what this is really displaying for you. Yeah. So the basic point is that three months ago I bought an iPad Air 2 but for uh, three years now I've been trying to uh, slowly but uh, steadily uh, moving all my uh, way of uh, working um, and being entertained uh, from the Mac to the iPad and it started three years ago because uh, I was hospitalized and um, I was stuck in a bed uh, doing uh, funny <laughs> uh, chemo treatments, so I wasn't able to, uh, to to use a Mac because it was too heavy and uncomfortable. I didn't have uh, Wi-Fi, so and I so after I went for like two weeks uh, without working, which is unusual for me because I always want to work because uh, I'm lucky enough to have. Like, my work also is kind of fun for me, you know? It's like I'm playing every day with stuff. And it's like a it's like a, it's like a game that prints money. Not too much money because I'm not a billionaire or whatever, but it seems to be working. So for me, it's, it's also fun besides being, you know, a financial moderate success for me. Yep. And, and it's always weird uh, when I cannot work. And, and I was really upset because I was stuck there. So I was like, you know, I'm just going to try to use the iPad. So three years ago, iPad 3, iOS 6, uh, the situation was really uh, different from today. And it was really hard for me to to just do simple things like I want to have a simple link on MacSories. And it was really hard for me because I didn't know Python. I didn't have all these fancy workflows. So I kind of started my way there with apps and Dropbox and Markdown. Uh, and all this basic stuff. And uh, over the years, uh, I've been 
trying to work around the limitations of iOS uh, using scripts, uh, URL schemes, bookmarklets, that kind of stuff. Uh, and then last year, iOS 8, and, and it was a huge change for me with, with extensions, uh, you know, action extensions, the share sheets, uh, the document extensions. It was really a big change for me. And so in the article, I tried to kind of express why I, in, in spite of working from home and having a Mac that works and runs Yosemite, why I still, I work from my iPad and I, and I do everything on the iPad. And the only thing that I do on my MacBook at this point is Skype twice a week to talk to you guys and downloading torrents because you cannot do that on iOS and other stuff like backups of iOS devices locally in iTunes and, you know, that kind of access that iOS doesn't give you. Uh, and I wanted to, to explain in the article why I, I need to have this, um, the, the ability to always be on the move and, and not just to have the ability, but I have a requirement to always, you know, to not sit at a desk for several hours every day because I move a lot around the house. I move a lot around Rome. I go back and forth between Viterbo and Rome every week. And I need to have my work and my friends and my connections and my music, whatever, always with me. So I, I, the, the, basic, the basic point of the article was that. Why, why, be, why have a 10-inch display instead of using a Mac? And, um, and people seem to be liking it. Like, the, the response has been uh, far beyond what I was expecting. Uh, so I'm really, really happy. I got a few questions, um, if you guys don't mind, that I would like to address real quickly because I didn't yeah. mention this in the article. So, yes, I use a keyboard uh, on my iPad. Uh, for years, I used the Logitech tablet keyboard, um, which is a Bluetooth keyboard with a bunch of um, iOS-specific shortcuts. And... Two months ago, Logitech was kind enough to send me for evaluation uh, this other keyboard called... Oh, no, gosh, I don't remember the name. Like, uh, uh, Logitech... It's not the keys to go. Uh, it's not the... Oh, you know, I'm really bad with names. I'm going to send you a link in the show notes. It's basically like a... It's a case and a keyboard, and it's got this handy uh, feature to... Like, it's got extra buttons for iOS. So I can take a screenshot uh, by just pressing a button on the keyboard and I can do other shortcuts directly on the keyboard that uh, they're new to this model. Is so it just kinda, a keyboard? Awesome. Is it a keyboard of a case? It's a keyboard with a case and it's like made of a, externally it's made of cloth and it's a red uh, color. It's kind of awesome. And, and I love it because when you open when you snap the iPad into the case and you like you move it towards the keyboard, it mm, attaches uh, using magnets to to the keyboard, and the the Bluetooth on iOS automatically turns on because it recognizes that a keyboard has been attached. It's kind of awesome. Uh, so I don't have to manually connect. Is in the it settings called anymore. the Type the Type Plus? I think so. It yes, looks like you, it because it has a bunch of like it has a Siri key and a multitasking. Yes. Key. Thank you. Thank you, Michael. Yes, and also knew the multitasking key, which was not available in the Logitech tablet keyboard. Uh, so I don't have to double click the home shortcut anymore. I can just click the multitasking shortcut 
and then I have all my multitasking uh, view. It's kind of, it's really handy. So I use that when I want to type uh, longer. Uh, usually I just use, uh, this was the other question, usually I just type in portrait mode and I don't use the split keyboard. So mm, a lot you of people- do have big hands, don't you? Yes, yes, <laughs> I do. <laughs> I do have big hands. That was the, the point uh, of my replies on Twitter. Uh, I know it's uncomfortable for, for most people. Um, but yeah, God bless me. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I have <laughs> big hands. Uh, my mom was especially skilled in making big hands. I don't know. Um, <laughs> whatever. Oh, like, <laughs> yes. Um, now, next question. Um, there was a few people on Twitter that asked me how I publish the website. It happens from Editorial, which is this crazy text editor for iOS um, that lets you create workflows. So this is different from the workflow app for, for iOS. Editorial lets you create workflows and it supports Python. So you can use scripts to connect to your WordPress website, which is what I do. I connect over Python to my to my to Mac stories and I publish articles from the iPad. So those were the, the big questions that I that I received today. I didn't include uh, include them in the in the article. Mike and Steven, if you if you guys have questions, thank you for letting me talk about the article. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I, I do have some. Like one comment is like uh, what I found really interesting, and this ties back a little bit to last week's episode, uh, you did a better job in that art- article of making me want an iPad Air 2 than Apple does. Uh, <laughs> like when, when I was reading it, because that was this is exactly what I was looking for, is like real reasons to, to use one. And like and I was imagining being Federico Vitici, you know, like going around town and, and, and being able to kind of really use the, the these incredible features and like you know the, all the things that you talk about and the way that you keep up to date with things and I imagine like how like I've been doing a lot of writing recently and I get very distracted by everything else that's <laughs> happening uh, and I wonder if if do you do you feel Federico that the iPad allows you to focus more or, or is oh, that yeah. like a myth or you actually do feel that no 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 no. that's not a myth at all like because when when I write uh, I'm like I'm in lockdown mode I'm I'm into the, the text editor and when I'm on a Mac I'm I'm just looking around all the time because there's the menu bar there's stuff you know on the Mac there's stuff you see the desktop you see the dock if you're like me and you keep it at the bottom I'm sorry Steven um yeah uh, on the Mac, there's always distractions. I mean, you can go into full screen mode, but it's just like it's an excuse, you know. On the iPad, like you're forced to to be there, and yeah, it's it's not a it's not a myth, Mike. It's a it's a real it's a yeah. real thing. But there was Mike, one. Up, oh, go on. I said you said the same thing on the iPad special that like you had this desire for an iPad Air two, and then it sort of went away. How much of that do you think is is not so much about the iPad Air, but about your six plus? Because um, you spoke previously, you had an iPad Mini. You don't use it hardly at all anymore, if ever. Um, do you think it's just that those two are too close for you, and you want something sort of a bigger jump? Oh, they definitely are. Like the Mini, it's basically I feel like everything I can do on my Mini, I can do on my iPhone six plus, and like ninety percent of them are better on the six plus. Um, because the six, like, I understand what you're saying, Federico, and 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 I. I believe that you are being truthful when you say you can hold the iPad Air 2 comfortably with one hand. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I don't know if I feel that way uh, myself. Like, I, I haven't really played with one long enough, but like I can see, I, I believe what you're saying. But but what I know is there is literally no problem. There would never be a problem in me holding the six plus in one hand for, for extended periods of time. And like, so, you know, things like reading and stuff like that, it's better. And also many of the apps that I like to use for long periods of time are better on the iPhone than the iPad, like Tweetbot, right? Or like, um, I can't think of any other, but that's a big one. <laughs> uh, and and so it looks a lot better and it feels a lot nicer to have the iPhone there rather than the iPad. And and so that's one big thing for me. But like kind of to, to, to go along that thread a little bit, I really enjoyed Federico, the software segment where you're talking about like the, the, the apps that you use and how they make you feel connected to the world. But mm-hmm. I feel that way with my 6 Plus, right? I feel like a massive part of my connection to the internet is through my iPhone and it plays a huge part of my time uh, with like being on the web, right? And all of the things that I do through it and I do a lot of work on it and stuff like that, even when I'm at home. Um, But how do you feel about your iPhone and how do you use your iPad and iPhone differently? Uh, That's a great question. Um, I think in many ways, um, what I wrote in the software section can be applied to the iPhone. It's just uh, for me, because I use the iPad more. Um, so let me just say, I work a lot, you know, um, because it's fun for me. And, and it's, like I said, it's almost like a game. So I, it doesn't really bother me to be working a lot. And so that's why I use the iPad more. But if I had to say the iPhone is more, it's what I use for photos. It's what I use for phone calls. It's what I use. The iPhone is what I use when I want to check something quickly, you know, like I'm at the grocery store and I'm waiting in line and, and I want to see Twitter real quick and I use the iPhone or someone calls me, I use the iPhone. I need to send a text. I use the iPhone. The iPhone for me has, has become more like um, it's, a, it's a utility that you use quickly and then you put away. And that's one aspect. The other aspect has been location. Like I use my iPhone a lot for maps, for uh, keeping track of where I go. I've been keeping the... Um, before I used to uh, have moves, the app, on my uh, iPhone to build the map of all my movements. Because like I said, I move a lot uh, around Rome and going back and forth between Rome and Viterbo. And I like to visualize um, all my movements over time. So I used to rely on moves. And now uh, moves is kind of dead. So I'm using the Google app, which lets you do sort of the same thing, tracking your location. uh, And it lets you see your movements over time on a map. And it's not as nice as moves used to be. Uh, but, but it works. And what Google so app I, is that? Like the, the Google app. Google, yes, Google, right. just Google. <laughs> and so I, I I use the iPhone a lot for quick interactions and for location. I think. And the iPad is like for many people, it, what what would be the computer? You know, for me, it's the computer. And and it's strange because I I grew up using a regular computer. In fact, until a few months ago, the computer in the sense of, you know, the computer, you sit down, you have the keyboard and you have the big screen. And I grew up with the conception of the computer, you know, the screen, the desk and the chair. 
And now the iPad is kind of this new thing. It's a display that's big enough. I can do a lot of stuff on it. And, and, and it's nice because the stuff that I do on the iPad, like people used to, people still kind of make fun of me sometimes when you go, oh, you, you, do you make a, uh, do you have a workflow for that? Like every time I write about, you know, all this little time that I can save doing stuff on the iPad. And it's nice when I, like when I see the check at the end of the month for the, you know, the stuff that I do by saving time with all these automations. And it kind of makes me, uh, like, I'm I'm trying not to be super self-conscious about this, but it kind of, I'm happy that the stuff that I've been doing is working out well for me and it allows me to have a decent lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And and it's, it's strange. You know, for me, it's, writing the article was strange uh, because most people... Um, I mean, the, the feedback has been great, but most people are like, yeah, great article, but not for me. So it's strange for me to, I don't know, like I'm, I'm struggling to, it, the iPad is, is so, even after three years, it's so new to me, like so strange. And, um, but it works, you know, and that's the, the end of the article, it works. And it all started from this article from Wired, uh, like nobody knows what the iPad is good anymore. And uh, like, I, I get the perspective. It's just, I know what it's good for. And that was the, the idea and the conclusion is, I know what it's good for. And hopefully some people will find inspiration in that. Uh, that. That will make me really, really happy. I do have one last thing that I want to ask you. And you can, you can give me a short answer to this. It's fine. Like, because I'm, I'm not asking for you to defend yourself. But you appreciate that you're a special flower in this, right? Like that there are many people that, don't or wouldn't work the way that you do and your reasons whilst they make a lot of sense to me at least and i think to many others there are still a lot of people that aren't going to work the way that you do i i get what you're saying i think i'm i think i'm lucky because i'm as you say a special flower a special case that happens to be uh, that happens to have a blog that is read by a few people. I think there are many, many others like me. They just don't have the time or this, you know, the the space where they can express this. Like I think the uh, I'm not the only one doing this no, sort you're of not. You're stuff. Not. Uh, I j- it's just because you know me and you know the website, and there are other people that know the website and the podcast. So it's like, and it's easy, you know, like to point a finger. Like uh, there's a uh, uh, Yahoo News uh, rewrote uh, uh, linked to my article and and they used the headline like can the iPad be used as a PC an Apple blogger uh, set out to to find out and like it's easy to use me I guess an, as an example and again I'm it's super strange to to have this article going so popular and people saying oh yeah this guy can do it like it's you know what I you know how I mean? like like I don't have to I don't like to 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 be you know all pompous and stuff like to be oh my god yeah I'm popular like I don't I hate that kind of stuff um I'm just happy that people can use this as an example I, and to answer your question I don't think I'm alone I think the it, it it's it's easy to say that I'm alone, but th- that's not really the truth. And and I don't think uh, that that I think that more people will will share. You know that their sort of iPad setups. Um, also, because there's some sort of 
Like when you try to say, yeah, I don't use a Mac, the Apple community can be a little, you know, aggressive. In a but way. it's still weird to a lot of people though, right? Like, mm -hmm. it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and what's like you, change You have is to have weird. an Apple II to do real work, you know, like. Yeah, it, yeah, exactly. It's a cycle. Like, and, and f like I'm trying to find the right words not to sound like a pretentious guy i'm just you know i'm just i want to be a nice guy and and popularity it's kind of double-edged sword um it can, when you, it makes you say things that other people don't get it and they're like oh my god this guy you know uh, <laughs> so i'm just happy that people can find inspiration in this and i know that it's not for everyone Totally, like I get it. Like people need Macs, and that's great. Macs are great. Uh, PCs are great in general. It's great invention, greatest invention ever. Um, also, this one, the tablet, is also another great invention. That that was my point. So I think that about wraps it up for this week. I, I, I don't have anything more. Um, so does anybody else? Are we good? Are we good, guys? Are we golden? So good. So good, so good. We're back. We're back together. I'm very, I'm very happy to be joined by my co-host this week. If you would like to find my lovely co-hosts, you can find Federico's work at MacStories.net, and he is at Vitici on Twitter, V-I-T-I-C-C-I. Stephen is uh, the writer and proprietor of 512pixels.net. He writes also at Sweet Setup too. What's is it? Sweet Setup dot net. That's Sweet Setup dot net. The Sweet The Sweet Setup dot com. Yes. Thank you. And also is at ISMH on Twitter, and I am at iMike, I-M-Y-K-E. If you'd like to find the show notes for this week's episode, you want to take yourself over to relay.fm slash connected slash 25. Thanks again to our sponsors this week, our friends over at Linda, Igloo, and Squarespace, and we'll be back next time. Until then, bye-bye. Arrivederci. Adios.